Okay. I was, I was in real Okay. I was actually uh, in between Richard Davis, other place. Like, hi guys. Did you go to where RBM has those issues there? Uh, uh, so cool. Is that where you Yeah, were? I, was, I was near Tongat actually. Mm. I was near Tongat. Glenda was Tongat. It was the first time I actually was like, oh, this is Tongat. Otongat. What's in Otongat? Yeah. No, actually, Otongat. Near Tongat. No, I was like, no, guys, our country, guys. I, I sometimes I forget the rural part of our country. I sometimes forget. I sometimes. It's very, very important. But that being said, uh, yeah, talking about uh, one place that uh, certainly has uh, its own rural dynamics, uh, rural development dynamics to think about, that's China. Um, now, this story was quite big towards the end of last week. Uh, but I must say there's been a few developments on it that uh, yeah, have, uh, will give us something to think about, Snesipo. Evergrande. Who is Evergrande? We know they're a big property player in China. And uh, what's happening to them? Uh, so. And I guess they've built, they've built a lot more places to live in than those. I mean, somebody was saying all of the vacant uh, uh, you know, apartments they have 90 mil- could, could house 90 million people. Now, that's more they people have than we have one, here. Although, they hold over 1,300 projects in more than 280 cities. Outside of housing, they also do vehicles, sports, and theme parks, and they yeah. also have a food beverage business, and they do bottled water, groceries, dairy products, and all other goods. They even bought a soccer team. It turns out they even bought a soccer team in all of this. And they even have like a mini Disneyland called Evergrande Fairyland, which I was very over the years, they've been borrowing a lot of money and they to fund a lot of their development of South From so, who? Of South as well. In the other USA. I can't practice your bio paging. moderate prosperity. I heard that. The model of common prosperity. <laughs> common prosperity is a big word. It's a big word. But I also think that um, I also think that besides the co- the model of common prosperity, mm. ultimately you have a situation where the assets far the liabilities far exceed the assets. Mm. You they've got vacancies, high vacancies. They've been trying to tell the head office. Yeah. They've been trying. They've called in financial advisors. there's a risk that yeah. I want us to pause here quickly. Let's pause here for a second and we'll continue on Evergrande. I've got a, a spot break nearing on me, but I also when we come back, want us to want us to unpack, I guess, why uh, Evergrande having this massive uh, uh, you know, set of liabilities and really just being this major player is uh, having a ripple impact for on something we really care about in South Africa, which is uh, iron ore. We produce ton loads of the stuff and uh, they certainly I guess have the impact of depressing prices somewhat there and you'll tell us all about it on the other side of this 22 minutes it is after 7pm it's our wrap of the top business stories and uh, Snesipo Maninjwa independent market commentator and analyst and uh, CA is my guest and Snesipo before we went to the break uh, we're talking about Evergrande uh, which uh, many are anticipating is uh, might uh, trigger a systemic and uh, financial crisis in China, uh, but uh, they, uh, I guess, might also, uh, for many price-taking nations like ourselves, uh, trigger a downward movement in the prices of iron ore. Why? Uh, because of the industrial. Because remember, I said it was a property development company, and um, 
they share size. They share size makes them quite um, quite a large player. Mm, so they're not buying steel anymore, which I guess is what iron ore is. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, if they if they if they if they can if they continue to if the current debt position presents their way, meaning that they can't, um, it's going to have to result in a down sizing of their operations and splitting it up into much smaller pieces. Mm. Now. Part of the challenges, so um, last week Friday, the Chinese government um, provided new and their common prosperity and liquidity, and they injected about 71 billion US dollars a net injection for the banks, which is, again, the economy of Southie, the economy of Southie, and um, that's to provide liquidity to the markets because ultimately, when you have such a big default, potential default looming, there's only two solutions that can have is the Chinese government seems to, in their rhetoric, um, look like they're not going to allow them to fail. But at the same time, you also need to understand in terms of the question, because a lot of what they, they, they went on a shopping spree. They went on a shopping spree. Hmm. Like, they went on a shopping spree. That's something I can explain to you. They, they went on a shopping spree. Like, isn't it that they, they bought had nothing to do with their core actual business. Um, and, Ultimately, like even in Southeast, residential, highly leveraged residential properties have entered in a sustained, sustained decline. The same thing that we have here in South Africa. Yeah. How many buildings, I think even some of these residential buildings in Sandton, you can see they're developing, developing, developing and have not been built. I mean, look at the yeah. malls. Hey, it's the oversupplier malls, the oversuppliers, complex. It's, it's literally an oversupply because mm. ultimately... The the age of the toys that property will always increase value value is no longer holding water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that and it's, 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 and that's and that's what spurred the development. And um, mm. you had a situation that spurred the development, low interest rates. People are just buying left and right and center, yeah. and you know, Chinese economy is pumping, and ultimately those fundamentals no longer hold mm. water. And as such, you have an oversupply and an oversupply. Add a pandemic, add, and that's the thing with with what COVID did, and I think we had the discussion yeah, last yeah. week. COVID, all, all COVID did is expose people. Eish. Let's stay in the property sector and maybe we'll, we'll leave you know, many of our listeners with that cliffhanger because I guess you know, for me what is quite interesting are all of the historic parallels. Every time, least of all in the 21st century, where we've seen some form of spillover of financial crises, there's been a real estate market there somewhere doing something. Um, just think of 2007-8. But let's leave it there. Fairvest, uh, they put out a trading update uh, or trading, I guess, statement today uh, talking about uh, their tie up with Arrowhead. What, what do you make of this? And I guess also, I guess the mechanics behind the deal. Um, mm. it, 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 they have no choice. They, I, I predict more tie up. Sure. Yeah, it, it literally, like they have no choice. I literally they have no choice. I call choice because you've got the guys that were both of them, Delta already, no quabo. They also, in the black players as well, again, they also seen fire flames, mm. high LTVs, uh, investors want low LTVs, they want larger repairs. And by LTVs, so, I mean what? Is that loan to value? High, you've mm. got low, you've got, you've got property, you've got property um, occupancy, specifically on the office side, and the mm. office side as well, as well as the residential at historic lows. You've got large corporates, and I think I think we had the dis- I, I don't think we had the discussion. I had a discussion with um, some of my other colleagues 
And um, we've got First Rand saying that they only expect about 50% of staff at the office at any time. Ned Bank saying the same thing. The way that we live right now, there needs to be a right-sizing of property. There needs to be a right-sizing of property sector. This overvaluation of this constantly demand, those days are gone. Uh, those days, when I say they're gone, uh, I mean yeah. they are gone. As They're never going to come back because ultimately the way we work, live, and play has fundamentally been shifted by a black swan event. Yeah. And it's certainly one of those events that are, are going to be very defining, and not only just for what's happening in the property sector with uh, this group like Fairvest. But clearly, a uh, very interesting piece here by Bloomberg indicating that, you know, these global supply chain challenges have hit everybody, largely because much of what we buy, much of what we consume, uh, has very, very long supply chains. A lot of it comes from places that, you know, we can't even imagine. Uh, some of what we wear, some of what we eat and all of that. Uh, and it's certainly having a ripple impact on many people, uh, um, even in terms of some of the luxuries, but also, more importantly, I guess, some of the things that are necessary essentials. The supply chain. Mm, mm. For me, this is literally an expose of failure of risk management. Because ultimately, one of the things that it discovered was that a lot of goods come from the same places. And if you shut that down, the ripple effect. Remember, we had the issue where we discussed earlier in the year, the idea of LCDs. Yes, yes, yes. And there's another, there was another one more recently, chips and semiconductors because of what was happening chips out in Malaysia. Chips and semiconductors, all those things. And, and it, it's getting to a situation where you actually realize now, the fact that there's even cribs out of stock will tell you a crib, a baby crib is out of stock, will tell you that there was no risk management in supply chain. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. no contingency planning. If I cannot get a good from China... Is there a local supplier? And what globalization did is that it it clustered it clustered supply chain into certain areas, and it didn't allow for localization. It killed localization. At the profits were preferred at the expense of killing of localization. And go there is a there's a supply chain issue. And I, I, you know what? I actually felt it. They, I actually felt it when. So, what um, product was, I was it? I was order, I had to order. My, not me and my first world problem. Now I'm ordering a TV. I was part of the LCD drama. I couldn't. The waiting list. I could not believe it. And and when I even laughed about it, the car waiting. The waiting list for certain cars. I can't say the name because people are gonna think I have money. But I was like eight months. Mm. Eight months. Solidly eight months. They're like, so you only get it in May. And I was like, you can't be serious. And it's supply chain constraints. Little things like um, makeup. I was looking for a shade of um, Lancome makeup. And I went to every single mall uh, in France and I had to import it from Cape Town. They were like, we're out of stock and wait, we're not going to get any. And it's little things. And if you think about the supply chain, it's, 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 <laughs> and, 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 it's, and it's exposing the fact that they had. At the expense of profit, it is possible to 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 to, to produce in China. But what happens if there's a problem in China? Yeah, what are my risk? What just, are my contingency you know, planning? We prioritize deficiency just over any notion of resilience or any notion and that, that and, and by you're going to face any risks. You know, properly exposed for it, and yeah. you literally can see it in. 
and that's why it's not it's not just one set of goods it's all good and like i said it's literally the most random things when you realize you actually mm. cannot find them little things like i was looking for something um um podcast equipment um a zoom um um a recorder for a zoom um the h8 i couldn't get it in south africa the whole of south africa i could not get it sure Sensible. I actually had to actually buy it from Amazon. I actually had to buy it from Amazon. I, I think if there's any lesson, I mean, um, around how all regions in the world, be it for consumption or even production, are integrated in ways that really need to change, I think COVID-19 is that moment. But um, before I let you go, because uh, unfortunately we have run out of time, what is this umuti? Uh, and uh, yeah, it seems... Uh, hey, but it seems... I'm excited for I'm going to say a sidebar. If you ever doubted the integrity of our financial services regulator listing authority today, you were proven wrong. There was the JSB people would never have gone through this. And mainly because of the amount of the lack of checks and balances and the lack of oversight. Uh, The lack, it literally is a lack of oversight. I can't even they are when I saw that the audited PKF Little John, um, the the documents, the fact that the company had no revenue year end. Um, who was this yeah, lady and who fixed like who you know? So she was, I yeah. guess, blacklisted by the FSB, which is sort of predecessor and of the FSB. Oh, nice. oh no, sorry, she used a maiden surname. What's up? Yeah, What's up with a maiden surname. I was like, why? This all could have been fixed simply by doing an ID check, because you're saying or not, you don't do EID. There's levels of checks and balances. All I yeah. could think was, this thing would never... I literally went through the predecessor statement because I was that shocked. I could not believe it. You are listing an entity, but your last set of finances are from 2019. Speaks volumes about the United Kingdom being seen as the fi- financial center of the world, right? And, 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 <laughs> and by the way, it's easier to list on the UK. Part of the reasons, and I've heard a lot of South African players in financial institutions say, you know, um, there's capital, there's, mo- there's mm. money in the UK, the US, and um, and um, Australia. But if you look at the listing requirements, they're nowhere near as onerous as Daisy. Nowhere near. This, the idea, the fact that we don't have this in our market will tell you all that you need to know. Because yeah, hey. it's... It, it, like the disbarment, the change of auditors, change like the 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 the, 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 the information flowing, the the, the 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 transparency, the lack of transparency, the lack of completeness of documentation. This would never flow. Like I can tell you, this for free. Yo, it would never. And that prevents that. Yeah. Hey. Like, like just in case, like everyone who thinks. Mm-mm. The thing with South Africa, and this is one of the things that I get irritated about South Africa, we are a third world country with first world execution ability. The fact that we're unequal, when people talk about the strength and the integrity of the financial system in South Africa, it is not a joke. It's not a, we're not bragging, we're telling you the truth. Which is we have yeah, one of the you know, if, highly if we had, regulated. If we had as much of this execution capacity, you're talking about going to solving poverty and inequality, if rather than problem, expanding financial capacity, asset values, we'd yeah, be a very, very prosperous and a very stable our, our country. Our execution possibility, our execution um, ability, 
it's structured and maintaining the status quo because of our historical structured society and our inability of our government to do an intervention to change the structure. Could that be, is the only be, difference. Could be the snazzy that is the only difference. And literally, be. that is just snazzy basically pa? what it is. Snazzy let, let's, let's pause there so that uh, I think that that is just a summation of many of the problems that I think many of the political parties were trying to deal with or are trying to get their manifestos to respond to over the last few days. Snesibo, let's leave it there. As always, a pleasure catching up with you and thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. That there was Snesibo Maninjo, independent market commentator, analyst and CA, joining us for our business wrap. We're going to take a brief break. When we come back, it's our headlines.